Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Last time, our heroes fought for their lives and for the lives of everybody in Stranglethorn Vale against Jindo the Revived. And they succeeded! Some of them barely got by without falling on conscience, but they did it! Now they have the Shard of Blood in their possession, whatever that is, and now need to decide what steps to take next. Let's find out how it goes right now as we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Okay, so just to recap, <clears throat> today started in the Salty Sailor Inn in Booty Bay. You guys woke up and had breakfast. Uh, there wasn't a lot of like imported food available, but there was plenty of like fish and local vegetables and things like that. Then the attack happened. You know, you guys had had uh, an interaction with the Horde party, um, with with Trag, Drac, and Wellath. A couple of conversations there. The trolls attacked. You guys ran out, except for Butch, who flew out to <laughs> fight them. And then, you know, that that's what started the whole, like, you know, oh, the, the big magical bomb thing went off and all these goblins are dead and we feel really bad about it. Travel up to Grom Gaul, organized with Iwari and Agragash and uh, Omi. And uh, Job was also there, although he wasn't actually, like, physically present for the planning session. Uh, went over, okay, well, what is our battle plan? Headed over to the Venture Company base camp and coordinated with them, rescued them from, they were, you know, not under attack from, but they were about to be under attack from the person who turned out to be Weaponsmith Arna. Did all this stuff, trying to get everybody, like, ready to roll. Hooked up with the ogres. Everybody came in, and the plan happened. And it went off pretty much without a hitch. Probably a couple of casualties, but all in all, not too bad. You got the pincer move going, you, you know, had the Zeppelin coming in from this side, and you guys coming in from that side, a couple of fights here and there. Snapped Arcot out of his whole mind control business. Helped that you knocked him unconscious, because it's, you know, had a hard time keeping his, his mind under control when his mind was asleep. So everything worked out on that. And then it was time to uh turn this all into something meaningful by attacking Jindo. You guys went up to the top and did that. The other party went underneath uh, the ziggurat to where you guys believed the last vampire was. And there was all this stuff going on with like, oh, this magical circle suddenly appeared and we're fighting him and there's like kegs of oil falling from the sky and all this blood stuff is happening and I'm a blood puppet getting flown around and bananas. The fight ended Butch tried his best to destroy the big crystalline doodad at the top of the staff. That didn't work. Magical weapon attacking and landing good hits on this object. No damage. A few seconds, maybe like 20 seconds after the fight ended, 
you guys felt a small um, earthquake is like a strong word to use to describe what you felt, but like something rumbled the ground like two stories under where you're standing. And at the same time that that happened, you saw uh, the the blood circle rune thing that what looked like Jindo had summoned in the middle of the uh, top of the ziggurat sort of vanished. And in the distance, you guys could see that the the big bat totem statue thing that's all the way like at this high altitude, you would be able to see across the roads and up the up the path toward the temple of Harik. And you saw uh, saw that last uh, statue go dim. So you're like, all right, cool. Putting the pieces together. Somebody just got done killing a vampire. Things are looking good. At this point, I want to manipulate time just a tiny bit. The next thing that you guys said was happening is that Ari was investigating the uh, the shard. Now, normally, it takes 10 minutes to ritually cast the Identify spell. And if we took a full 10 minutes at that point, like other things would be happening in town that I would rather that you guys didn't miss. So let's just say that that, you know, the, 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 the ambient blood power speeds that up just a little bit. No consequences to this. Everything's cool. But I want to get talking about this item. Now, I said what it was called, but like the last recording, it was, oh, you get the shard of blood. Nobody aside from the th- me and Amanda, and if the two of you happened to read the text on the item, no one else knows what it is. So for the purposes of making sure everybody knows what's going on and to get the audience uh, up to speed, This is the Shard of Blood. It is an artifact. Uh, It does require attunement to use. This, I'm going to read the whole description. This blood-red crystalline object was the cause of many conflicts in Stranglethorn Vale, beginning on the day the sky broke. It is freezing cold, it weighs about three pounds, and it cannot be damaged or destroyed by most means. While in the possession of Jindo the Revived, it sat at the end of a staff and was used to conduct hematomancy at a level unseen in recent eons. While its greatest secrets can only be fully manifested by an accomplished blood mage, any common adventurer in possession of the Shard of Blood can take advantage of its unique magics. While attuned to the Shard of Blood, you gain the following traits and abilities. The first is Necrotic Regeneration. During combat, whenever your turn begins and you have fewer than half of your hit point total, you regain hit points equal to your proficiency bonus at the start of every turn. Uh, The next is Arsenal of Blood. The shard has 10 charges. You can spend charges from the shard to cast one of the following spells from it using your spell attack bonus. Spiritual Weapon, which is two charges. Vampiric Touch, which is three charges, and Life Transference, which is three charges. These spells are cast at their base level. If you don't have a spell attack bonus granted by like your personal class features, spells from the Shard of Blood have a spell attack bonus of three plus your proficiency bonus, and the Shard regains one uh, 1d6 plus four charges each day at sundown. The next is Bloodlust. Each time you roll a natural 20 on a weapon attack, you add two additional weapon attacks to that action. Each time you roll a natural 20 on a spell attack, or 
if a foe rolls a natural one on a save against a spell that you cast, the target has vulnerability to the damage of that spell, which means they take double damage. Um, if the spell doesn't involve damage dice, you ignore this effect. At the end of any turn where that effect occurs, you suffer one level of exhaustion, regardless of the number of times in that turn that that effect happens. So if you roll like three natural 20s on weapon attacks, it's still only one level of exhaustion, even though you attacked like a dozen times because of the way that this has worked. The last effect is Aura of Hostility. The corrupting magics of the shard affect you and those around you in varying ways. The aura has a 30-foot range and causes the following effects. Creatures within range are unnerved by you, you being the one person who's attuned to the shard. Strangers immediately dislike you. You have disadvantage on charisma checks to interact with creatures within range, and all creatures within range are considered hostile to you for the purposes of effects such as, like, charm person and things like that. Any creature within range, including yourself, that is not undead or a construct suffers a negative two penalty to all saving throws. Undead creatures within range get a plus two bonus to their melee weapon attacks and damage rolls. You guys are aware that these are the effects of the, of the thing. I'm not sure this is something we should attune to at the very least. Like, definitely maybe keep and protect. But just the fact of... It doesn't sound like you have an option if you roll a natural 20. It sounds like on a natural 20, you're automatically doing two weapon damage and you're automatically taking exhaustion. Yes. And the hostile creature thing, like, that doesn't bode well for me. Like, I need to be able to, like, have people love me. Ari will die if people doesn't love her. So, or people don't love her. Um, I want nothing to do with that necromagic blood I magic. feel we keep this from a safety sense. We don't attune to it. And maybe if we get to a bigger city, like, Stormwind or, or Ironforge or something, maybe we can figure out a way to keep it safe. Ari, Ari knows me well enough that, yeah, Falcus is in the same boat. Um, he's like, we can't keep this. I mean, obviously, I mean, we can't destroy it either for actual physical brains, but I actually think that this should be kept um, in safekeeping somewhere as well. Um, I think I know who we could probably take it to um, if we had to head the storm wind after this. Or you could trade it for your bow. <laughs> I it, That's not worth it. It's not worth it. And, and honestly, at this point in time, uh, this is this was no longer about the bow. A after it was no longer that, about Bush? the bow. The whole reason we're in Zulgrub in the first place, Stranglethorn, wherever, is to get that dang bow. Now you're missing the entire... Now we came here to freaking fence a leg of a golden calf. <laughs> That's the whole reason why we came here in the first place. Then we found out about the bow in the arena, and that was the reason for going to the arena. And then, well, of course, to find the bow again. But after finding out more about everything else going on here, it, it was no longer about the bow. It was all about getting this shard and, and restoring everything back so to the way it was here. So all of this destruction and all this fighting all had to do with the bill we couldn't pay at the Pleasure Palace. But you had fun. We're still paying off that Pleasure Palace bill. We should be done now. It's fine. 
It was it was an even trade. We got the we got the the golden calf and the golden cow, whatever it was, and uh, that was it. Little did they know uh, <laughs> we might have pilfered the leg of it. Okay, um, the only person this should go to is uh, probably Falcus because he's going to use it or he won't. But uh, I know that. I'm <laughs> oh no 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 no! Uh, I am not. I don't want it. I, um, if you want, I'll I'll offer like a cloth out and to to take it from from Ari to wrap up and put it in in a pack. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to look at it. If you want to put it in a pack, that's fine by me. Is there a who, who are you talking about that can help us out with this? So Falcus is a member of the Silver Covenant, being one of the last few remaining. Um, Silver Hand. Nope, Silver Covenant. Okay. So, uh, high elves working with which windward wind, which windward Verisa. Uh, Verisa Windrunner. So, but as that as that is said, um, I've got contacts in, in numerous places, of which in Stormwind being one of a, a branch of the Silver Covenant in Stormwind, I feel like they are a a good option for us to to present this to people who I know would, would definitely keep this uh, under under lock and key and, and put it put this away somewhere safely um, so that nobody can use it and abuse it again like in this case here and if not that I mean they can they can choose to do with it what they wish if they're going to you know involve Stormwind in it involve you know higher up than that but I know the Silver Covenant is outside of of the Alliance outside of the Horde they're an independent um militant group. Alright, so the answer to my question was, there's some people you know from Silverhand is in uh, yes. Storm, Stormwind. That's great. Uh, so, get that out of my sight. Don't even, I don't ever want to look or talk about it again. And and, and I, I look over, you know, there's there's smoke coming out of this side and there's, you know, um, people sta- standing up and kind of like breathing weird and like, hey, it's, it's over, it's over, you know. Casey, you had mentioned something coming from below us or something, you know, you know, hey, why don't we go check on a uh, Drac and Wellath and them and, and see, see how they fared. Is there anything on Jindo's body before we go? Like the crystal just kind of came off the staff, but we never really looked at him. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, do we loot his body? He was wearing like a ceremonial robe, uh, like with headdress and all that. But the thing of interest and import on him was this. Okay. The staff Let's itself, go. just a thing to hold it. Like it wasn't even the staff itself wasn't even all that special. Wait a minute. Is the, there like. I go over and kick kicking around where the body is. I mean, did 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 he disintegrate or no, he didn't. He um he's. So it's been long enough, like he's been laying here. He's not moved at all. He hasn't been breathing. Um, You kick him and like you feel like one of his brittle little undead bones break under your kick. You killed an undead creature and now it's just laying here. I'm looking for a trophy. Is this tusk intact? You could take one of his ear things. I don't know if that's an earring or not. It's a gauge. Yeah, for his ear, like like ear, earring gauge. Yeah, that would be a good loopy thing. How about the rings on his tusk? 
You think I could pry one of those off and you think one of them would fit one of my fingers? Ooh, um, yeah. Uh, you, you would be able to get it off of there pretty easily. It's probably a little bit big for a finger ring, but somebody who has any expertise in metallurgy or jewel crafting would be able to shape it to be like like a really nice looking that would that would come out really really good it's just because the tusks end up being like i don't know the the width of two or three fingers so it's a little bit big yeah but you could make that just got ham hands yeah you know what i'll take you got ham hands you got ham hands hands, yeah yeah let's let's do it it fit it fits as is because i forgot you're a giant Paul, Paul having pause. young man. Okay, in my inventory, <laughs> I'm going to manage my inventory, and I have Jin Doe's um, tusk tusk ring ring. As you pull that off, and you're like playing around with it, and you know you guys are wrapping up the shard and, and finding a place in your bags to keep it. Um, somebody had mentioned, "Oh, well, we better go downstairs and check on the other party." And as you're like discussing that and uh, doing this, they're actually on their way up to you. They they wrapped up their fight. They're coming up the steps. They're looking around to see if there's like what the danger situation is. Things seem pretty calm. As they approach, uh, Trag, I think, would be the first to speak, and he would say, Is it done? Or is it finished? It is. Um, you had mentioned, I think, before there was trolls kind of coming to their senses, right? As everything kind of broke up. Yeah, you look around and, like, down over the, the battlefield, there are, there's, like, a couple that are resisting just because they like they came to in the middle of a fight so they're like oh are we being invaded like what's going on and they're continuing to try to 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 fight but a lot of them are just looking kind of confused like what's you know what what was i why was i doing what i was doing or i can't believe i was doing what i was doing or some some of them are like getting sick on the ground um some of them are just sort of like holding their heads as if they have a headache like there's different reactions amongst the crowd but like a large scale combat this ain't like the the attitude here has shifted drastically well um tell us about what went on with you guys uh we found the last vampire in what was essentially a uh, square chamber and in the ground they had worked a um what looked like a circle of, um, of of binding the way that similar to the one that you guys had destroyed yesterday as 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 the story goes i i believe you told us about this and um but it was made of uh like an enchanted gold it had been in like melted and inlain into the rock um at that point arcot would say uh, yeah, they needed to um, create something that had a little bit more focusing power than just painting a circle on the ground uh, because the um, the the enchanted gold uh, is a faster, more efficient um, binding circle. Uh, so they needed to do this because they had to like quickly regain uh, what you guys had destroyed yesterday. But uh, we killed the the vampire, and which was <laughs> wonderful for me. And then um, hmm. 
Drac was able to um, quake the ground in such a way that the stones loosened and some of the metals broke, and then that released everything, and now here we are. Well, that was smart. That worked out really well, for sure. So, uh, what do y'all want to do now? We gotta tend to the wounded, count our dead. Uh, Drac would look out over the the way the fights have changed and would say um, actually seems a little distracted and would turn to you and say I think that the most important thing that we need to do is make sure that the city is actually safe uh, do we have any um, are there any more of those uh, uh, undead running around are there any more of those you know, cursed items that could fall into the wrong hands. Uh, we need to make sure that the place is, is clear of that while everyone else is distracted, I, I think. I feel then Arna's would be the first place to go. Uh, right, because that was the source of all the cursed items, all the cursed weapons and stuff like that. There's something else. When I was slicing Arna, you know, in, into pieces... He he was telling me he was working on something, looking for uh, the looking for the uh, strongest warrior, and his in, in his dying breath he said it weren't me, but uh, and and that's fine by me, but I would like to know what the heck he was working on. Trag so, is like nodding to this and says, "I remember he said that as well." I do you have any idea what he was talking about? No, but he did mention Thunder Bluff. We do have several strong warriors in Thunder Bluff. I don't know what he would have been looking for us for, though. He said, "He said contribute to my work. And I said, go to hell. And then I sent him there. So, uh, why, why well, don't we good. go check his, uh, let's go check his laboratory, as it were. All right, uh, you guys are easily able to make your way over to Arna's lab. Um, as you as you go, you pass by a bunch of Gurubashi. Um, there are uh, a bunch of the like the resistance guys that are led by Job and Omi, who are kind of corralling anybody who is um, either still shaking off the effects of the bloodlust or anything like that. They give you like a, a, a high sign as you go by, like, yeah, things are okay on this side. We've got things covered at this point. You do pass a number of um, undead or skeletal trolls that have just either been slain in combat or when everything else ended, just fell over. It's hard to tell. Uh, but as you travel through the city, you don't see any active undead at all, which you know, is awesome. Yeah. Um, if it's okay with you guys... I'm just looking at like how we get down, we get on the bridge, and then it's just like 20 feet to go to where our ogre friends are. I mean, we just checked with dragon, or dragon, uh, uh, dragon, them. But uh, you mind if we check out Biclops and see how he's going, and, and then and then make our way over there. That's Focus. easy enough. Yeah, like you said, the, the, there's no distance there. It's just crossing the other bridge, which is, like you said, 20, 30 feet. I mean, he's he's our buddy. I'd, I'd like to see how he's doing. Uh, all of the ogres are covered in scrapes and bruises, minor injuries. Uh, they are a little bit... It's funny. They're doing fine. They're a little bit in the way, 
uh, as like the orcs are moving through, trying to like make sure that things are where they're supposed to be and, and trying to open the entrance way back up again so that they can get like the goblins outside can get a little bit of traffic going like they're and they're they're like taking weapons and, and things like that because no one's really sure exactly what's going on yet. And the ogres are kind of just they're taking up a lot of space and they're not doing very much, but they all seem very pleased with themselves. And they're they other than they're going to need to sleep off a couple of injuries, but otherwise they seem fine. Friend Baclops, I say as we walk up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, ogre friend. <laughs> How you doing? Well, you know, not all my bones feel as good as I did before. I fix that. He grabs you by oh. your shoulders and lifts you up and shakes you to try to get your spine <laughs> to crack. for that there's a pop in your lower back that just releases a lot of tension that you had been carrying for some time you've that that you're doing it right now yeah felt pretty good <laughs> oh so uh you guys have fun yeah oh we beat some trolls man it took the big chain and beat them it was good that uh, would hit them with a big log uh a log? Oh, that's crazy. I was looking at y'all from... We were on top of that little pyramid thing over here. The, you know, the little triangle looking. The, anyway, I was... I, we were up there, and I was looking at you every now and then, and I could see a swing of that chain. It look, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's my favorite chain. Alright, well, what's your plan now? Uh, I think... Uh... If the fighting's done, I think we'd go home. I think. Unless yeah. there's more. I don't think there's more. Is there more? No. Uh, you know what? And there's no more. And, it, you know, you're you're a big reason for that. No. Nice. You're ogre. You're, uh, mm, you're ogre best friends. Aww. Come, come in for a hug. Uh... This is not a there's like good hugs and then there's like the good hugs that are real tight. This goes like two or three steps past that. It's like the uncomfortable. This could be a problem. And then he lets you go like it's, it's you're like almost like, oh, it's breathing is hard. And those are my ribs. And then he lets you go. But it came close. <laughs> that was, well, that, that was about what I expected it to be. Um. Well, thank you so much. He turns for, to the uh, crowd and shouts, Ogre best friends! And all the ogres, best friends, best friends! And I, I raise my paw up um, weakly. You know, I don't have much breath in me. And uh, I, I say, thanks so much. And hey, uh, and, and y'all be nice to the goblins if you bump into them. Yeah, they're, they're good friends. They, they're all right. We saw yeah. them. They had like fire and stuff. They flew yeah. around and the, they flew a boat. Did you see how they flew a boat? Isn't that crazy? It's just a boat. They're supposed to be on the water and they flew it in the, in the, in, above the water. That's, That's pretty, nuts. Just, I'm going to get a flying boat. All right. Well, you get you one. I'm Maybe get, next time I see you. I'm going to get. He holds up two fingers and he goes, I'm going to get three flying boats. I think you deserve it. All, all, all right, man. Well, 
y'all, y'all, you know, get on home, do what you got to do, get some rest. Uh, you earned it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check in with the rest of these fellas. All right. And I hope to see you again. Oh, me too, best friends. And then I jog over to uh, catch up with Falkasinari. You guys want to do any other role play between here and uh, the Devil's Terrace? I'm good. Right. Um, I mean, just one thing. So right there. I was trying to look to see if I've used my potion of unlimited healing. Because so I don't have it check marked off. But I don't see that I used it if I didn't use the I charge of it. I remember that you've used it. If you want to use it, go for it. it. Yeah, well, I'd like to hand it over to Ari, because Ari's looking a little rough at one hit point. <laughs> oh, yeah! I mean, if I so, sneeze, I might die. It's okay. So, I'll hand you over. Um, it's 2d4 plus 2. Perfect. I will just... Five. That's good thinking, Falcus. And speaking... You know, uh, Boclops over there mentioned the uh, flying ship. Where, where is it now? Uh, let's see. It had flown in over the Temple of Bethek, hung a right after they were done fighting the mage. It dropped some oil on the ziggurat. If it was still heading in the same direction, it would probably be... It probably would have flown over the entrance to the city, and it might be... I think at this point, there's been enough time. I think it would have parked itself in the sky above the Venture Company uh, goblins outside the front gates. Okay, because, I mean, there's there's a lot of wrap-up we need, and a lot of people we need to talk to before it wraps up, I- including our uh, priestess friend. Yeah, as far as you're aware, she's still up on the boat. She's still up on the boat. Okay, so, uh, and, and who all was, did we just talk to from under, who who was there? It was, yes. was well out there? Uh, yeah, all four of the Horde party members are with you guys. I don't have their tokens on the map at the moment with you, but they're all... Oh, excuse me, they're all with you. That That's Arcot, Trag, Drac, and Wellath. Yes. Okay. As we're walking over there, I'd like to sidle up to Arcot and um, talk to him about the bow. Oh, uh, yeah. The, and he holds it out. It's like um, uh, it's like a black metal uh, has a sheen to it almost. Uh, there are stains on the bowstring from where he had... Uh, cut his finger to draw blood to power his uh, uh, hemocraft, you know, blood hunter abilities. Um, he shows it to you. What would you uh, like to, to know? No, I just will say, like, the way you, you, you blend in your hemocraft with that, that's really, really neat. Um, beautiful, beautiful looking bow. I'll tell him a little bit about the story about we, we've been we've been trailing behind you guys while you guys were doing uh, some of the stuff out in... in, in um, Stranglethorn Vale, uh, and um, funny enough, we were right behind you. I, I, I wanted that bow. Actually, we went to the arena and we had just missed it. You guys had had already won the fight for the bow, um, and I actually got an axe, which I'm sure. I mean, you, you know what happened when you touch that that weapon, right? Same thing with the axe. He he chuckles a little bit and goes, "Well, thankfully, your friend has uh, eliminated that as a." Uh, uh, a problem for me. Um, it, but, ooh, yeah. The curse on this was not fun. Um, if I uh, missed too drastically, the bow would make me 
feel a substantial amount of pain. Uh, and it was not fun. Jeez. Um, yeah, if, if I, you know, one in every 20 attacks or so, uh, when you when you really, really biff it, uh, I, it was uh, it was unpleasant. Um, but when it's actually very nice when, uh, you know, when you shoot, sometimes you shoot a target and you hit them in the middle of, you know, center mass and oh, they take damage and yet, et cetera. But sometimes if you're really sneaky and you can get just that precise um, angle of attack, sometimes it's because a friend is distracting them. Sometimes it's because your ability is just, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a consistent accent. I just do weird voices. Shush. And I've been, listen, I just finished Stranger Things Volume 4. Uh, there's a substantial amount of Russian influence in that, and that's the only sound I hear in my brain right now. Uh, l- listen, uh, y- you know, uh, th- what happens in chat stays in chat. Yeah, you, oh, I know. Um, you well, know, like, I'm... I know, I'm just saying. You know you, what? You be maybe, Russian. Maybe the Zandalari are Russian. I don't know. Maybe they oh, are. If you They wanna... haven't been in the past, but... If My you want to be Russian, you got to like wear frosted lipstick and uh, dye your hair red like orange. Is that what I have to and do? And say, okay. um, of course, a lot. Uh, just the. Th- they they, they yeah. say, of course, yes. so much as as if you're stupid for asking it. Of course. Of course. Um, d- hey, do I need my passport to go to this place? Of course. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't know that those were the rules in Russia. I loved it there. I did not. Anyways, uh, uh, the, yeah. the, the, no. the bow. He says, uh, when you're fighting and you have an opportunity to attack a target who has been distracted by a, 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 an ally of yours who is fighting him from another side, or if you get that one special, really accurate attack, it does extra damage it's very very nice as he describes it to you you're like yeah my training as a rogue taught me how to do that same thing he's essentially describing sneak attack dice to you oh that's pretty cool um that's really neat and i'll I'll tell him about the the axe that we have that actually butch is carrying now um provided like extra hit points uh actually you know made you feel like more you know uh, had more vitality with 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 carrying that weapon um, definitely had a little bit more of an oomph, you know, when you when you swung it. it definitely had a little bit more bite to it, um, uh, to to really really get the the good attack on it. Um, but uh, one of the things I'll tell about like the 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 curse on it as well too, where of course I couldn't even let go. I couldn't even put it down. I'll tell the, the brief story about like getting into the cave and that's them telling us to put our weapons down. I'm like I can't put my weapon down. <laughs> um, and of course. Which constantly trying to touch it and my my uncontrollable uh, slap hands to, to slap his hands away from it. Uh, but thankfully we had the help of actually um, it was the shaman, right? No. No, no, it was uh, um, Omi. Omi removed the curse, didn't she? Omi did. Yes, yes, she did. Yes. Omi was able to remove the curse from me, so that was that was uh, so much better than for sure than, than keeping on to it. Um he hey, laughs. Focus! Hey, Focus! If he wants to trade that uh, battle axe for the bow, just let me know. Would be nice, but you definitely wield that bow really well. Ah, thank you. Uh, I'm not really much of an axe person anyway. I prefer to be a little bit more distant from from my targets. Same here. Same here. Um, if we get a moment or we get a chance, if you don't mind, so I'm 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 
starting to get my uh, a feel for for crafting like fine fine um uh, weapons and tools um that um i'd love to take a real good look at at, at the bow here and, and see what i could learn from it um to maybe i could recreate it or or something close to it would be a phenomenal because i couldn't take this from you i mean you won it fair and square in that at arena and you just blend so well with that hemocraft that you could do on on that bow that um i admire that and and you you Dispose yours. I can't. I can't. I couldn't take it from you. <laughs> Even though that was, that's all this about was was after this bow. So it's just kind of funny that here we are. But anyway, it's like you're dropping all these like passive aggressive hints. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, how else did I get my all the stuff that I ever wanted as a child? <laughs> <laughs> While this is happening, I'm gonna be flitting around, uh, press to digitating everyone because we've had a long day. Um, and people probably are probably smell. dirty and smelly and clothes feel bad. So like Man, as Falcus is dumped into the harbor. As Falcus is flirting with I'm not sure if it's the bow or Arna at this point. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> just be like prestidigitating them, find Butch, Drock, Trog, Volath, and just like tidying ourselves up a little bit. Uh, I don't I don't speak for the players, but for the NPCs, they all are very appreciative of this little bird bath that you're giving everybody real quick. You're easily, like I say, easily able to get to the Devil's Terrace. Uh, when you arrive, it's mostly deserted. Uh, there's, you know, you can see, you look around. The Devil's Terrace is this is this place where uh, the ground itself has been sort of, not corrupted, but like gr- green grass doesn't grow here. Like it's all kind of like a little, uh, 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 it's like all a little gray on the ground, like where anything had been living had, had died. Uh, obviously something like, pretty evil was happening in this area to cause the vegetation to sort of just wither. Um, You look around and on the walls and on the shelves and on the tables of which there are many, you see a bunch of, you know, what you immediately take to be mundane sets of armors and shields sized for Gurubashis. You see a whole bunch of spears that are on a rack that are very similar to the ones that you saw wielded by the trolls, like the ones that they would throw and then recall and throw again. There's a bunch of those. And there is a a thin Gurubashi who is like quickly grabbing some things off of a table. And as he turns and looks at you, you recognize the troll from the road outside the arena who sold you good luck charms <laughs> talisman salesman yeah losu the the traveling talisman salesman looks up ah you you come to buy more of losu's lucky charms yeah is that what not so fast losu mm-hmm. we're here for put put the weapons down he doesn't have weapons. Oh, okay. He's, he's gathering. Got, he's got like, he's he's gathered some stuff, like a box of stuff and a bag of stuff. Test I don't mean tubes. To, I don't mean <laughs> to taint the picture at all, but in my mind, I'm picturing the, um, not the villain from the DuckTales movie, uh, the one who was played by Christopher Lloyd, but his like servant guy, his like uh, uh, helper dude at the very end of the movie steals a bunch of gold out of Scrooge McDuck's uh, money bin, and it's like 
he's wearing he doesn't have pockets on his pants he just shoved it all into his pants and like his pant legs are like full of gold and treasure chests and things in my mind when I was designing this uh, social encounter I was picturing like he's got like a box tucked under one thing and he's got like a little bag of something like tucked into here like he's he's like tucking stuff in uh, it's clear you've caught him mid pilfer that was a very specific I love that movie it was a formative movie niche uh, reference <laughs> um, I don't love it that, enough to remember all the characters names in it apparently but um, you know that movie. the butler from the DuckTales movies that came out in no the, not the butler the butler was a different character the anyway uh, so yeah we've we've caught a mid pilfer Falk has just told him Drop Put his the stuff. box down. Yeah. I'm gonna go up to him and like kind of grab him by the scruff. Everything's everything is fine here, yeah. Uh, you got anything to tell us? I I can uh, give you a discount on. Uh, God, he's rushing again. Uh, I I shake him a little bit. Just uh, you hear not enough you, to hurt him. But. You hear a a very a very distinct and specific jingling noise. I love, like, just saying, if you shake him and it's just the stuff just comes out of him. Yeah, he, <laughs> a couple of coins fall out from his, uh, his his pant cuffs. His, like, pant legs. What you got in there? I got nothing, yeah. And just, all right, okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Tut me down, for Lord's sake. I put him down. He opens his coat and you see like a stolen Rolex salesman. He has just trinket after trinket like in the wall of his coat, like little fetishes, little, um, you know, symbols, little like carvings, stuff like that. He has what is obviously a bag of gold and he has a uh, like a case that how big would it be? Like the size of a power drill box, like a, um, you know, like a handheld battery operated power drill with like all that, like a, roughly that size, uh, a wooden like a me- medium sized kind of box. Yeah. Like a wooden box. And he's standing next to a. He was standing next to a table and the table has some more stuff on it as well. Uh, primarily, uh, there's like a leather, uh, a pair of leather boots that are sitting on the workbench next to where he was grabbing a bunch of stuff. I don't remember if we talked about this before, but with my affinity towards um, the the arcane arts, would I be able to, as I touch items, to know whether or not it's magical? All of you can do that, yeah. Okay, I'm going to start sorting through his box and and anything that's got magic in it, just kind of leave out on the table. I mean, I'm assuming this is the stuff that wasn't already on his person, the stuff that he was boxing up to take with him from here, his pilfer's stuff. I'd like to just start sorting out the the magical stuff from the non-magical stuff, and he can take all the non-magical stuff, but it's just like... I I ain't worried about the gold either. Listen, you know, it's... He it, can have it. It's, it's, it's war... Listen, Lo, Lo Sue, b- by the way, I'm going to tell you something. That magic talisman actually actually worked its magic and did you some great stuff. You still have it stuff. on you, don't you? Uh, <laughs> it's like I, plainly visible. I, I uh, open my jacket lapel and uh, sh- show him my uh, uh, breastplate where I've had where I've had it like embedded right above where the B is. Ah, so Lo Sue be bringing you 
great luck. You'll be giving great luck back to Losun, though, yeah? No, we'll see about that. Now, first of all, we're going to search you. Okay? And second of all, we're going to let you keep most of it because we don't need it. All right? But we're here to uh, find something specific. We just don't know what that specific thing is. Now, do you know anything about where we are? Uh, this be where the uh, the weaponsmith be making the weapons and the items, yeah? That's right. You see, you're, you're, you're doing exactly what we need. Just tell us. Ex- ex- just keep going just like that. This is where the weapons were made. Now, do you know the name of the person who made yeah, the weapons? Was- yeah, no, he he's he's like anything like that. Like he can confirm for you. This is this, this is Arna's lab. I'm a war profiteer. I'm here to steal things. Right? Did you work here yeah. or anything? Oh, um, no, no. He he was he he's you can tell very very clearly he is um an opportunist. Uh, and he knows he knows where good stuff is that can be taken. But no, he wasn't like involved in any of this. I turn to my companions and I say. Uh, l- ladies, I'd, I'd like to, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, 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 search him, take anything magic off of him, you know, because it might be evil. To be clear, were you talking, were you addressing the players just then or the characters? Yeah, I was, like, a- like- yeah, that's what I was doing. Um, and it, and it took Erica way too long to understand that I was, no, no, um, no. she immediately made a face. I was just. She didn't say anything about it, so I wasn't sure what you were exactly where you were going with that. Yes, I I, I was calling Falkus a lady because every now and then I do things like that, you know, like uh, when he does stuff to his nails or, you know. Don't you oh, wish oh. your girlfriend was hot like me? <laughs> he is a very beautiful man. Um, Thank elf. you. But yeah, <laughs> um, I don't think Losu's gonna be any harm and he got here first let, let him take yeah, Losu harmless Losu friend yeah, Losu don't push you, it uh, don't, you, you're you better off not talking you're better off not talking yeah well the, the main the main goal aside from well first of all us reaping the benefits of any of the magic items here but first of all if he is going to be selling these to people he, we don't need him selling cursed items to other people unsuspecting exactly. people exactly so uh let's um yeah, so to start sorting through this stuff and. All right, let's get investigation get checks from the party, including Wellath. Uh, hmm, including Wellath. Okay. Um, with a plus six, Falk has got an eight. Thirteen. Thirteen as well. I, I mean, say... we can we can go deep on this search though. We can go as deep as we need to. Roll an intimidation check, but, 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 so here's the thing about, here's the thing about, uh, 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 skill checks, right? Intimidation is supposed to be a charisma check, but at any point you can just use a different stat for an ability if it makes sense in that circumstance. And what you just said, um, I, I know how big and muscular you are and I know how thin and frail Losu is, um, and intimidation using strength is absolutely a thing that can be done. So, Butch, are you proficient with intimidation? Yeah, which gives me plus four, but my strength would be plus six. 
Uh, right, because you have a plus three for strength and plus three for your proficiency, right? So it would be, yeah. So roll a d20 plus six for me for a uh, intimidation check. D20 plus six. 20. Okay, um, all pretense of like, oh yeah, no, we're just buddies. We're like, he's trying to like uh, mollify you a little bit. That stops. And the jovial look on his face of like, no, it's okay. We're all going to be friends. That stops too. And he's like, uh, has a look on his face like, no, no, no. We don't have to look deeper. We don't have to do that. That would be a problem. Uh, You guys are easily able to discover because like it wasn't stuff's not hidden. It's just a question of like, do you look in all the different places on Losu himself? He has a little bit more than a half a dozen completely mundane, useless trinkets that are worth a couple coppers, if anything, and you know he's going to sell them for 10 gold apiece. Number one. Number two, he he has stolen a bag of uh, gold. And I mean like coin currency gold. He has stolen uh, the little wooden box. I say little. The medium-sized wooden box contains a copper rod with runes uh, engraved into it. A series of chalks and crystals and things of that nature it is a toolkit for enchanters very clearly to you guys you've seen professions equipment before it's enchanting tools um we're just gonna put this aside here okay um that's all he had on his person that was of any kind of interest he's like fully clothed and all that but he's you know and he has like a a mundane dagger you know nothing fancy he doesn't he doesn't have anything that's on him that's like particularly dangerous or interesting um and then you start looking around in the lab itself and well, there's for, yeah first of all let Go me ahead. uh let's get rid of losu uh shuma's uh, way all right losu uh you did a real good job today you got a bag of gold and you didn't get your face kicked in so good job and uh I pat him on the back a little harder than is necessary. And I said, now shoot. He takes the invitation to what with that 20 on intimidation, he takes the invitation uh, to get while the getting's good, um, does a better job at hiding his sack of gold and makes tracks, man. He's he's gone. Cool. You take another moment to investigate the rest of the place. in particular, I imagine you're looking for things of magical importance and potentially cursed items, uh, anything that might be dangerous to have just in the town here. Like I said, a bunch of mundane armors and shields that are fit for Garabashi, a bunch of like maybe a dozen spears of the kind that like some of the Garabashi warriors were throwing and then like retrieving so they could throw again, like they would Ooh. they would yo-yo them back. And you find um, here. Actually, let me open this page. If it's not cursed, I wouldn't mind having a spear like that. Uh, yeah, you can you can totally grab it. Um, let me double check the name of it. I think that it is a spear of returning. Don't quote me on that yet. Yes, a spear of returning. Cool. The short version is kind of a long description, but the short version is on your action. One of your attacks can be to throw the thing because I know you have multiple attacks. Um, it has a normal spear's range. It does normal spear. It is a, it is not a plus one weapon, but it is a magical weapon. It does normal spear damage. You throw it. 
um, at the beginning of your action, if you're more than uh, five feet away from the spear, but you're still within its throwing range, you can pull it back to yourself. And as it flies to you, if it passes through the space of anybody, you can uh, like make attacks against them as it flies. Like it's part like part of the returning action is it can damage people on the way to you. And the act of recalling it and any damage that might come from that does not count toward your extra attack class feature. Cool. So you can return it to you and potentially hit some people and then take two attacks with it if you wanted to. And you say there's several of these? Yeah, there's like a bunch. That's cool. Uh, all right, like we don't need to go, go through all the stats of everything as we find stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, do we each want one of these spears or returnings? To, to be clear, spears are strength-based weapons. You wouldn't be; it does not have the um, uh, finesse feature for weapons, so it wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to use your dexterity for it. It would be a strength uh, gotcha. attack. Yeah, but I don't yeah, know if that would be good that, for yes, me. You can take some. Hey, it's it's uh value for later. Um, um, we'll have to figure out whether or not these are cursed. Uh, yeah, so it is not apparent to you the same way that when you picked up the axe, it was not clear that it was cursed. Um, the status of what might or might not be cursed is not clear. Okay, I will say the spear of returning doesn't, doesn't require attunement. Uh, no, it does not. So, yeah, uh, let, let's just get an inventory of what we, uh, what we see here. Sure. He was standing next to a desk that had, like, it was, it seemed to clearly be set up to be a workbench to do enchanting on. You find, like I said, a pair of black leather boots, very supple leather, very, very nice make. They feel magical. There's nothing that jumps out at you as to what might be going on with them until you turn them and you look at the, 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 the sole of the shoe. Um, on the ball of the foot and on the heel, you can see um, worked into the leather a uh, bright white spiderweb shaped pattern uh, <gasps> on the heel and on the on the on, and on the ball of the like on, on the toe. Ooh, we're looking at some spider boots of spider climbing. Um, given your. Yeah, um, I would say that given the fact that you don't have a time constraint here, you have Ari who has identify. Yes, this is a bo- this is a boots of spider climbing. That's pretty cool. And well, there is coolest. there is one other thing. There is a thick book. It is like it has a lot of the same high quality sort of features that you might find in like a wizard's spell book. Like the pages are each of a very high quality. The ink is like very very nice. It has a green leather cover that has like almost a scaly texture to it. And then there's on the on the uh, on the cover in the scale work, there is the image of a like a snake of some kind very prominently featured. It's posed as if it's eating its own tail. You flip open the book and you start to flip through the pages and it's written in a language that you do not understand, presumably uh, a troll language. I have comprehend languages. Okay. Can Does that allow you I... to read or just to listen? It says you also understand any written language that you see, but you must be touching the surface on which the words are written. Okay. And it takes Easy about enough. one minute to read one page of text. Um, and I could, it's a ritual so I can cast it as like the 10 minute doohickey magic. 
Okay, yeah, easy enough. Again, you guys are not under any time pressure, and it's early afternoon at the very latest. So, yeah, you have a ton of time. Um, You cast this spell, and you start to flip through, and just a like quick summary of each section. The first couple of pages discuss Arna's process that he used to apply curses to the weapons and the armor and the items that he was making for the arena. There's a lot of information that's been crossed out, rewritten, stuff that's annotated with the words decent idea or what was I thinking when I wrote this? I'm, you know, that sort of thing. It's personal notes. Um, at the end of that section, he notes that the wand, quote unquote, is more than sufficient, but that he's never going to get a reputation as a miracle worker by actually telling anybody that all he had to do was use the wand that he designed to apply a curse to an item. Much better to make people think that he's working hard all day. Um, that's the one that uh, Ari already has, right? That's mm-hmm. right. Um, you flip forward a few more pages and you find designs for uh, circles of summoning and binding. Typically, the materials used can either be, you know, like an enchanted ink or a chalk or blood or anything like that. Um, For the purposes of what the Gurubashi were doing, they found that blood is a very good conductor for containing magic derived from blood. Um, There are also designs for a more sophisticated circle that um, focuses power faster and more efficiently, but that like... It's notated that that kind of circle probably, first of all, wouldn't be necessary since they had such a willing group of sacrifices to fight at the arena. And also that, like, you know, it would require enchanted gold to create, which is it's costly. It's harder to use as a material than blood. So there's really no sense in having like this be the way we move forward. Um, and then, you know, the thing that Arcot said earlier, you're like, oh, yeah, well, they had to do the gold thing because we ruined the old thing and they had to get more faster. OK, that makes sense. Um, you flip forward a little bit more. Um, you find some musings about what seems to be a couple new spells that Arna was in the process of designing. Um, you see that two of these spells are finished. Um, and their applications are very clear uh, in what they do. But there's like another five that are half finished. The two that are finished are called Ring of Flame and Scintillating Shield. Ring of Flame. Let me see if I can find where I put the specific information for this. Hang tight for one second. Ring of Flame is a spell that will... Uh, essentially create, you know how like a demon hunter has immolation aura where there's like fire around them the whole time. Um, If you cast this and concentrate on it for up to a minute, you can maintain a circle of fire around you that deals damage to anybody who's in melee with you. Um, Scintillating shield gives you a bonus to your armor class. Um, Again, it's a concentration spell. Um, And you get to add your charisma modifier to saving throws that you make. Um, to describe it in like out of game terms like it's it's a bonus to armor class and saving throws casting spells directly out of a spell book would require that you had training as a wizard um, but Ari as you're looking through this you're like alright well I'm a, I am a decent spellcaster and I have the information here in front of me so I'm sure there's some way for me to potentially uh, get more out of this the half finished spells have all kinds of crazy effects Um, they all seem to be combat focused one way or the other. One of them talks about like 
laying down a burning substance on the ground. One of them talks about adding elemental weapon damage uh, to to weapons. Um, <laughs> one of them uh, talks about summoning a band of musicians that play a terrible song. Like it, they're they all kind of kooky. The formulas on these are half finished. There's implications of like maybe I could get it to do this. Maybe I could get it to do that. It's not, you know, they're 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 not done. Might be um, able to find a wizard in Stormwind who could use this book or or otherwise. Yeah, potentially. While um, Ari is reading through that, I'm practicing with my um, spear of returning. Just like in the air, zipping it back, and and then I come way too close to Falcus once. (laughs) The first couple of times you do this, catching it is like awkward, and then you start to get the hang of it, and then you start to do this thing where you catch it and you twirl your body to like maintain the momentum and throw it again, like you're trying to get artsy fartsy with it. And then I then I hit the wall next to Falcus and. I'm being goofy while she's yeah, reading it. Sure. You know, while she's reading it. Are you, uh, Falcus, are you doing anything while she's reading? Um, I mean, we've picked through pretty much most of everything else that was here, right? Uh, I would say so, yes. Is there any armor or anything like that? Well, he was a weaponsmith, but that's not to say it wasn't any armor or anything. There are armors. They are. They are mundane armors. There's mundane weapons. The the enchanted weapons that you find are the spears. There are, um, you know, but but there are longbows. There are daggers. There are uh, no. I don't think there would be swords. There's hammers. There's things like that. He was in the process of enchanting these, but he hadn't done them yet. Are you telling me there's um, no magic bow? Can, is there? Is there <laughs> finally? Um, I can't remember the the armor class, but the one that we've talked about numerous times that I haven't bought yet. Is one of those armor studded? Is that it? The studded leather? Um, let's see. That's not expensive. If you were to find, would there be a studded leather armor here? I would say probably yeah. Um, most of the stuff that you find here are fit for Gurubashi, and the Gurubashi are by and large bigger than you are. But I would think that probably the smallest size would would fit you well enough. Yeah. All right. Cool. I just just because it's been it's come up and before I forget and buy it, then I'll just take it if it's here. And Falcus finally has some studded armor. Good for you, Falcus. You finally got the thing you needed from this campaign. Um, Where's the bow? <laughs> so, um, I'll say that along with you guys doing all this that there was a conversation with Arcot about let me try the bow um Falcus as you use it it's a you can tell that it was a plus one weapon and you can tell that your expertise with um like knowing how to apply sneak attack this bow would give you a number of extra sneak attack dice every time that you landed your sneak attack um and as you play with it you're like okay all right, so the the thing that it accomplishes here is it takes the most advantage out of when, you know, I, I have the drop on somebody when I have like a means to get just in that exact perfect place, like between the armor plating to where they deal extra damage. So here's how here's how I can go about using that. You start to get ideas in your head for like how you can how you can proceed from that. 
Was there anything else in Arna's book? Yeah, there's another couple of things. Yeah, so, I mean, if... Okay, to above above table here, there was a conversation that, that could potentially have happened where it's like, we did all this, give me the bow as a thank you. You literally just got done saying that you didn't want to take it from him. I know, like, but, like uh, 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 Summer is like fighting tooth and nail to get you a magical weapon. Um, I'm not sure how to resolve this, like... <laughs> I understand. I mean, if you want to, if you want to go, I, I wouldn't ask you to go go rough him up and take it from him. Like, Falkus is, yeah, it's just that's not his style, and and he respects the other fighters and respects that he is another, um, yeah, he's another. What's the word I was looking for? He's 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 a respected warrior, and it's his weapon. He earned it, and I could definitely, unless he was going to willingly give it to me. I wasn't going to take it from him. Well, I, so I will say this. Yeah, go for it. Uh, well, Falkus has been extremely effective, uh, especially at distracting and like peeling things off of us uh, or me. Uh, it, the cat it, fight comes to mind. Uh, the, and the, the, the bat thing that you did. Yeah. And the mage in the, in the harbor. That was, that was huge. Like has been extremely effective at like, uh, doing all this stuff with one or two points of exhaustion the entire time. So flex slash flex. <laughs> um, maybe uh, we can get something better than plus one weapon. I mean that what you described there. Like I mean we've we've talked you know talked about above table talk. We've talked a little bit about ideas and and you know what would your ideal weapon be or what would you want to do or coming up with some some suggestions that is awesome because for you know anybody who doesn't know i'm only taking three levels of rogue which means i'm only ever going to get 2d6 to my sneak attack so any other chance like having a weapon that adds more sneak attack dice because i'm not going to get that high in rogue is awesome yeah that was that was the idea for the weapon um so as you play with it you start to realize, okay, well, if I can either craft a weapon or a modification to a weapon that would, like, now that I have this idea, what's the focus twist that I can, you know? That's yeah, we've we've talked about like engineering ideas, like scopes, like like you know, weapon scopes, and yeah, exactly. Um, Amanda just said it in chat. Yes. And well, actually, the other thing that we've talked about, too, is potentially having interchangeable scopes. Oh, we're going to be in a fight like this. Let's put this scope on. Oh, we're going to be in a fight like this. Let's swap uh, out to this scope. That is a very engineering way. Like, that's to me, I feel like that's what wow engineering could be is that like, oh, I know that I'm going up against a thing where I need X, Y and Z uh, utility so I can switch out my equipment for it because I'm the guy who builds all the equipment like that always seemed like it could have been a cool thing for me so we can do that here absolutely 100% L Lost Ark has that has battle items that you can you can only bring a certain amount in uh, but you gotta know what what you want like certain kind of grenades and certain certain kinds of like decoys and things like that for the fight so it's, it's not exactly the same but um, it's pretty cool to be able to do that I will also say this. You guys have a set of enchanters tools. None of you are enchanters and none of you have expressed any kind of interest in becoming an enchanter, really. Uh, but with those, like those would be the tools that you would need to put a plus one enchantment on, an, on a mundane item. 
So you need materials for that. But if there is an enchanting trainer or an enchanting vendor or something like somebody who like in Stormwind, an enchanting professional expert, you can go and get a mundane item turned into a plus one item. Like that's something that's on the table for this world. That's totally cool. Um, okay, so we've got Enchanter's Toolkit, a Spear of Returning. I took two because I'm going to sell one. If, if y'all y'all should probably take one too to sell it. I don't know. Um, it, I just threw it in my backpack, but I've got two, and one of them is definitely going to be something I use all the time. We've got boots of spider climbing. I kind of want the boots. I can't think of any one. I mean, it's not me. I think it'd be good for Falkus. I think I think it'd be good for the team for Falkus to have. <laughs> like that. all the creature stuff, like I can turn into a bat. I can fly. I can sneak around on the ceiling. See, Falkus doesn't get any of the weapons. He gets all the toys. You know, but then again, I use those toys super creatively. Please give me that much. You're right, MacGyver well, over here. That's that's one of the things that I've always like. Erica's uh, playstyle has always been okay. I have my options here. I can either hit man with big weapon through times, and then that's my turn. Or hey. I can try to do something more. Well, that's how that's how she was with her fighter. That's how like even with your warlock who had spell casting, you were like, yeah, but I'm going to do this kooky thing like you were always looking for ways to do things so but i we, figure i was gonna say like no you we, we've had this discussion before at least about the progression of players like play style of players like you got the people who start off like min maxing they create their character and they min max it and then you get to a point where you, you like no i want to fail because failing makes it interesting and then even like yeah. going to the you know the beyond points like yeah i could roll and do massive amounts of damage or i can throw a bomb and have the cats chase me right like i took cooking as a feat because yeah rp <laughs> you know yeah totally works. uh so like i, I mean i do where, make rp yeah, decisions that's where my rogue subclass is coming in so i'm gonna hit i'm gonna hit level three rogue and i'm taking uh mastermind because of rp so uh, just to just to finish off so ari is still flipping through pages um, you find two more things that are interesting here. This section talks about Arna's process of using magical inks and uh, a variety of enchanted needles to tattoo uh, a magical working onto his own skin. <gasps> Falkus wants a tattoo. I want a tattoo! There are a couple of theoretical applications for this, but the only one with a complete formula and an incantation is a tattoo that allows the recipient to copy and then reflect a spell that is cast by another nearby spellcaster if the, if the right conditions are met. Arna had one of those tattoos. He did. <laughs> he did. And then the last section, it is a series of notes that talk about Arna's desire to replicate an artifact that he'd heard rumors of. Um, one would that would magically enhance a wearer's strength so greatly that like an entirely new form of violence could be realized. Arna notes that were such a uh, a magical artifact be able to be replicated, Jindo's oafish four-armed juggernaut idiot would be able to kill soldiers like by the dozen. It would be a huge upgrade compared to the like simple little bangle that he uses to give himself better claw attacks. Like, like it would is that be a spell. 
I'm sorry. I wasn't listening until you said different forms of, uh, of yeah, it, violence. He's talking about he had heard rumors that there was some artifact somewhere that gives you so much strength that you can just pummel people in a whole new, awesome, like super violent way. Is this artifact described? <laughs> well, he, it writes that um, more research is required to even draw up a prototype for something like this. Um, but there's so few trolls that have even, ever even heard of something like this, let alone the specifics of how the original one was enchanted or how a new one could be created. He essentially notes that an interrogation of warriors from other cultures may be required <gasps> to learn more about what this thing even was that he has like barely heard rumors of. That's why he wanted to know who the greatest warrior was. And he knew it wasn't me because all I did was one type of, of damage, strength-based damage. Okay, guys, it seems we're on another quest. Hey, uh, speaking of magic stuff, and if we got all this uh, cleaned out here, let's go check on Omi. That's right, folks. Our heroes are pulling the old loot and scoot. Having taken what they could from Arna's abandoned weapons lab, they plan to make their way around to check in on all of their allies to make sure everyone got through the day all right before they finally bed down for a well-needed night's rest. Surely nothing else could impede their day at this point, right? We'll have to wait until next week to find out when it's time to queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroicdnd, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.